0: Talk with Sparks podcast show, all things considered, putting some sparks in your day and putting some sparks in your night. Talkwithsparks.com. Welcome to another episode of Talk with Sparks. I am your host, Jay Sparks, and I am excited that you decided to um, tune in with me here on my podcast uh, blog radio show. Before we get started with the subject matter today, um, I just want to say that uh, we have coming up in the future several exciting subjects. I'm sure you're going to love these. I I have some special guests. Matter of fact, um, one guest is um, my wife, believe it or not. (laughs) She's coming on the uh, podcast Show, and we're going to talk about relationships. Relationships, having a healthy relationship. As well as toxic relationships and things that uh, can be done to uh, build a really good, strong relationship, things that you can do, um, things that you can do to even repair relationships or your relationship. And um, I think it's going to be very exciting because, you know, it'll be the first time that my wife is sharing on the air with me personal feelings are you know we're letting you in our bedroom so to speak (laughs) pun intended (laughs) so we're letting you in on how we actually deal with each other you know sometimes good sometimes not so good our relationships have ups and downs as a matter of fact we've been together more than 15 years um that's a long time you know and so those years haven't been uphill all the way or it haven't been downhill or it hasn't been terrible but I, I'm, I'm not going to go into it right now because I want her to be actually on the call or on the show so that um, you can hear firsthand responses and firsthand replies and you can hear and see the interaction that uh, we have with each other. So that's going to be pretty soon. If not this week, it's going to be next week. So you can stay tuned for that and remember, Remember that we upload a new episode on the podcast show every Tuesday. So you could go to our website, talkwithsparks.com, and you can access those uh, podcasts. um, Or you can tune in uh, via um, iTunes, or there's quite a few of them. You can look us up. You can search us, and you should be able to find us easy. I'm the only one with the name out there talk with sparks so do a search in the podcast registry and you will find me okay so today I was listening to the oh it's a station in Los Angeles I can't think of it I can't think of the the call uh, letters of the uh, station I'll get back to you on that Uh, by the time I post this and uh, put my notes show notes um, I'll have the radio station or the call numbers, uh, call letters, I promise you, uh, because I do want to support them in a sense. And uh, and, and namely, um, Wendy Walsh, Uh, I was listening to her, Dr. Uh, Wendy Walsh's show this Sunday afternoon, And um, she uh, was dealing with uh, mental health, more particularly um, uh, depression and suicide. And it was on the cuff of uh, Chester Bennington's suicide this week. He took his life, uh, Chester Bennington. And uh, not too far, almost on the anniversary um, of another uh, famous uh, musician, um, Chris Cornell, and um, he took his life also. And so I wanted to talk about that because I've never, me myself, I've never been clinically diagnosed with uh, any type of mental illness or depression or anything like that. But I tell you, there's been times in my existence that um, things were happening so fast or things were happening so slow uh, that, yes, I wanted to check out (laughs) You know, and I'm not laughing, nor am I trivializing the sincerity or the Depth of this this illness but it's serious it's serious and in 2017 you would think that there would be more awareness for uh, mental illness as you know as in depression and suicidal tendencies and you know all of these things uh, most times and and I'm not sure I'm not 100% uh, certain on this, so don't quote me, but I, from the things that I've read in the past as it relates to depression, a lot of times it's linked or it's coupled with um, some type of abuse. And most times it starts... At a very young age, and if if not careful, if it's not carefully managed or carefully diagnosed, it could be missed. And years could go by and it, it, it would lay dormant. It wouldn't move. And then all of a sudden, uh, a, with the perfect storm, the right climate, the, the right events and circumstances that compile at one time, well, it could uh, prove to be fatal for certain individuals that didn't have the right uh, management or support group. I believe it's important today. I believe it should be talked about. I believe it should be discussed. I believe there should be more outlets um, other than the typical, you know, I don't know if it's a 12 step program or six program uh, or whatever you know I, I think it should be and there I go with that smacking again you guys got to uh, excuse me on that I, I, another time that I've had lemonade lemonade that cool refreshing drink <laughs> excuse me for digressing just a second but um it's it's hot it's hot it's like maybe 102 degrees and that's in the shade and it's it's about uh what 515 post meridian (laughs) <laughs> so that's uh, wow, is all I could say. So, anyway, um, I'm gonna try to curtail the smacking, if you will. Uh, so, just indulge me if I continue, uh, charge it to my head, not to uh, my heart. I guess that's what they usually say. But back to this depression, um, I I've never been diagnosed clinically uh, by a licensed uh, doctor or practitioner uh, with any of that. It's just that I know me, you know, and I know uh, what happens on the inside of me sometimes. And when I think about all of the things that I'm going through physically, this is what I and and I can't I'm I'm sure I can't equate this with uh, that mental health issue, but I'm sure it's under the same umbrella somewhere, And so um, I I look at the chronic um, things that are going on in my life, uh, things uh, that I can't do anything about. I just got and I have to learn how to deal with them. I have to learn how to manage them. I have to learn how to cope, you know, after a while, you know, this stuff sits on you and it becomes heavy. It it becomes cumbersome. It becomes difficult. And of course, it would put anyone in a pensive mood. It would put anyone in a a depressive despondent mood and all of that stuff it, it, it will happen uh, na- organically naturally simply because the weight of all of that stuff that you're carrying it starts to pull you down listen gravity Is No joke. I mean, I I, I mean that with all sincerity, gravity is no joke. I mean, it wants to pull you down. It wants to keep you down. And this depression is no different. And it, it sits on your shoulders. And what it does is it couples itself with all types of issues that you're going through. And, and I, I must speak about me because I don't want someone to think that I'm speaking uh, on behalf of uh, individuals that have been diagnosed with some type of mental illness or that have been diagnosed with uh, depression or that have suicidal tendencies or, you know, that's not the backdrop. The backdrop is what I go through, what I've been through, what I see on my watch that's that's what I'm talking about today. And so when I think about things like my life at the age that I am and I'm, I'm just being transparent and, and uh, again, I hope that this podcast episode really uh, reaches someone out there and it, it helps, you know, even if that someone is me. <laughs> and I mean that from uh, all of my heart. And so I look at myself at the age that I am. I'm 54 years old. I'll be 55 this year. I was born in the early 60s. Seen a lot. A lot of this history that millennialists uh, speak of. Uh, I was there. You know, I, I remember it. I mean, it, it, it wasn't like a something that I read in a history book. Or no, it's something that I actually live, you know, the riots in the 90s. I was there. Matter of fact, literally, I was caught up in it. Let's sidebar just for a second, if you don't mind. Um, I remember um, in the early 90s uh, when those um, individuals that beat uh, and brutalized Rodney King and, and and accosted him and did all of those things to him, how they were found not guilty in a court of law and the city, Los Angeles City went up in flames. I was there. matter of fact, I was on my way into Watts that particular, day, that particular evening, I was uh, first, I was in Gardena and I had just bought, believe it or not, I had just bought a Bible. (laughs) This is unbelievable. I know I had just bought a Bible, not for any reason. I was getting ready to go to a Bible study. And um, I think I was teaching Bible study that night. Um I wanted a study Bible so I went to this Bible bookstore in Gardena and I purchased my Bible, and now I'm on my way to Watts, South Central Los Angeles, because I lived in Gardena. I lived at the time I was living on El Segundo. Those of you that know anything about Los Angeles, I was living on El Segundo right off of Venice, uh, between Venice and Crenshaw and uh, on El Segundo. It's a major thoroughfare. And um, I was living there, went to Gardena. Gardena, uh, another part of Gardena, the Bible bookstore, purchased a Bible. And now I'm on my way to South Central um, on a um, hundred and who it had to have been a hundred and maybe a 113 uh, I, I forgot. I can't even remember. But it was Central. Right off of Imperial, Imperial and Central. Now, those of you who knows who know L.A. know that Imperial and and Central <laughs> is South Central for real. You know that's the Nickerson Gardens. You know, um, so and, and and it's nothing nice when it's not nice <laughs> there you know right down the street from the famous stops uh uh hamburger place you know that was the famous place in the 70s famous for murders and famous for their burgers <laughs> for both <laughs> unbelievable so i was on my way down there and uh they had announced the verdict and they said Not guilty, not guilty, not guilty. No one was found guilty. And everyone went crazy, went berserk. They were throwing bricks, throwing rocks, had guns, shooting them in the air. I mean, I actually saw people looking for anything but colored. If you were a a light hue of 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 colored, you better get out of South Central Los Angeles during that time, (laughs) because I mean, they were looking in the cars because I remember them looking in my car and you could see them. You know, although I was driving and I was doing what about 35, 40 miles an hour and you can see them in the street. You know, they were looking for any hue of color that wasn't African-American, you know, even Hispanic and Mexican. And uh, uh, if you were not black, you know, keeping it real, if you were not black, you were in trouble. You didn't want to be caught in South Central during that time. It was bad. It was really bad. So I lived that. I was there. I saw what happened. I saw them beating up, you know, several people. I saw them destroy several businesses. It it was terrible. And it was reminiscent of the Watts riot. I remember that too. I was a little boy. But I remember that in the aftermath because we, uh, my mother, um, she had four, children and we had doctors appointments and dentist appointments uh, right on over on 103rd street and it was between uh central and probably right off of grape street and again those of you that know south central you know what 103rd and grape street looks like back then and you know what it looks like now (laughs) no different (laughs) and so and the violence uh that that occurs there is is still there It, it, it hasn't taken a sabbatical it's still there so why am i bringing all of that stuff up just to say that a lot of things that i have uh experienced you know lots of people are reading about it, just like I read the history uh, of the 50s, the history of the 40s, the history of the 30s. I read that. I wasn't there. I read it. So it's a different thing to actually be there and to see this actually happening. And so I saw this actually happening. I saw history being recorded before my very eyes. And so I'm looking at the fact that I'm 54, the things that I've seen, uh, the places that I've gone, and even now I say, man, I should be somewhere different in my life. And so after a while, what happens to me, I look at the disparity of what I had in the past, where I should be, excuse me, where I should be Now, And it's a large disparity. I should be somewhere different, but I'm not. And every now and again, it takes me to that place of depression. Then I think about the chronic illness that I have. I I believe some of you may have uh, listened to the podcast Sucker Punched by uh, End Stage uh, Kidney Failure, uh, uh, part one and part two, I should be coming out with another um, talking about diabeticals. <laughs> and it's again, it's not taking light of diabetes or those with uh, diabetes, because I am a type two diabetic for over 20 years, but, you know, looking at these things and looking at my life and things that I have to kind of deal with and not even just deal with, but I have to manage in order to live. And yes, sometime I look at God and I say, wow, God, why this is so unfair you know, if I told you all of the stuff that I actually say, all the all of the stuff that I actually do, because I look at the time that I've rendered, the time that I put in and the things that I've done and I, I weigh that out and then I say, God, look what I've done. You know, a lot of the things that I was doing was to circumvent this whole paradigm of all of this, but I end up being here anyway. What kind of fairness is this? And so that's when the depression seeps in. It's again, it's nothing nice. So I have to learn how to not get around it, but I have to learn how to understand it. I have to learn how to articulate it and talk about it, deal with it, talk it through, walk through it, get around it and be ready for it the next time it sticks its ugly head up. I say, okay, I'm at this age and this should have happened by now. I should have some type of pension for the time that I've put in for the people that I have helped along the way for all of the things that I have tenured in a sense. And I look at it, I'm like, wow. And I'm still ending up the same way. As if someone who never thought about any of this stuff and never had foresight to plan ahead. And, you know, I still end up the same way. Then I say to that God that most people go to church on a Sunday or a Saturday and they worship and they pray to. And I say to him, why? In my mind, in my feeble understanding of life and life events and the way things happen, I think it's messed up. I think it's unfair. And so I get to the point, my friends, that I'm depressed, just as depressed as someone who may take their life, someone who have been clinically diagnosed with depression, Someone who may have suicidal tendencies. I end up just as depressed. No, I'm not taking any medication to manage it because I know where I am with it. I'm sure there are different levels. And at some level, I'm sure the only way to manage it is by medication. But at the end of the day, that thing that germinates at the beginning of that depressive thought process, I believe it's all the same. It comes from the same place. And so what I've tried to do, what I've strived to do in my life. Remember, uh, life, especially as we live it as human beings with intelligence, is all about balance. That's one of my wife's major words, major constructs, balance. And it's just like yin and yang. It's all about balance. Life is all about balance. So where there's good, there's going to be bad. Where there's bad, there's going to be good. So, sometime we have to have enough patience to wait the bad out for the good. Now, that's what I tell myself. Yes, believe me. Uh, 2017, 2016, well, not all of 2017, but uh, a majority of 2017, and it's not over yet. So, we got a few more months. And then 2016, 2015, the end of of 2014 they were not good to me health wise the news that was in my camp the experiences that i went through they were not good now i know they could have been worse i'm not saying oh man they weren't good enough they need to be worse than they were no they were worse enough (laughs) But my point is this, I'm still looking for that silver lining. I'm still looking for the life out of the death. I'm still looking for the light out of the darkness. I'm still looking for the yin out of the yang. I'm still looking for the good out of the bad. So as long as I keep looking, guess what? I have what's called H-O-P-E. I have hope. So what makes me float? Hope. So now this is what happens with my hope because I can uh, use hope to paint whatever picture I want. Why? Because it's hope and hope isn't manifest. Hope is something that's imagined, but it sits on something There is some type of evidence of hope. It sits on something. It has to develop from something. And hope usually comes from experience. It comes from the past, something that has already happened. In other words, it's happened before. So the probability of it happening again, well, it could be kind of great. It could be 50-50, it could be 70-30, it could be 2080. But there's hope. I have to keep hope near me. I'm not trying to I'm not trying to remedy anyone who may be listening to this podcast. I'm not trying to remedy them of their issue. I'm trying to help by mentioning the things that I am going through, the things that I've gone through. Again, like I said, I think I should be in a different place than where I am now. But guess what, friends? I hope one day that I will be in that place. Like like the politicians or someone says, "I got to keep hope alive." Because guess what? When you don't keep hope alive, that's when you die. Yeah, I I don't I don't want it to kill my soul. I don't want to walk around and dead On the inside that's why it's important sometime for you to talk out your situation talk it out you know what I used to do I used to write out what was going on with me I used to write it out and here's another thing that I used to do in matter of fact I still do this to this day I record myself I have a conversation with me in another time I know it sounds crazy, but I tell you, for me, it's therapeutic. It works. Because it gives me that outlet, the thing that maybe I can't talk to my wife, the thing that maybe I can't talk to family members, the thing that I can't talk to friends about. I can talk to myself and even some of those things that I can't really talk to myself about. I don't know if you ever been there. Some things I can't even reveal to myself. And how can you do that? How can you not do that? It's easy. It's like not looking in the mirror when you're standing in front of the mirror. (laughs) (laughs) because you know what the mirror is going to do. It's going to reflect what's there. And you're going to see absolutely what is in the mirror. You're not going to see anything different. You're going to see what's in the mirror. And so when you... Have a conversation with yourself as you're recording it, talking to yourself in a different place or talking to yourself, talking to, to yourself as you record it. You begin to open up more. You begin to say certain things are okay. You begin to be okay with yourself. And for those that do have mental illnesses and uh, clinically diagnosed with uh, certain uh, illnesses, I would say to you the same thing. Your life is worth something. My life is worth something. As much life as I live to be 54 years old, my life is worth something. So looking at Chester Bennington, and I'll say, Yes, it's a sad commentary that he took his life. Chris Carnell, it's a sad commentary that they took their life. Yes, they had a lot going on. They were excellent musicians. They were popular. But you could look at Robin Williams. And as popular and as rich as he was, he still suffered with an illness. And that illness, not him, but the illness took his life. And I believe, this is just my humble belief, that we in 2017 should have more outlets, more support groups, more resources readily available to help men and women, boys and girls who suffer with depression. I believe it's it's imperative, I believe it's important, Jermaine, that we find a way to help prevent this disease from killing us. I wanna read what uh, dictionary.com says about depression, the, the, the noun depression, the act of depressing, the state of being depressed, a depressed or sunken place or part, an area lower than the surrounding surface. That, that says a lot right there. The area lower than the surrounding surface. So you could be in a group of people surrounded by friends and loved ones. And guess what? Still be in that sunken lower area. It's a condition or general emotion, dejection and withdrawal. Sadness greater and more prolonged than that warranted by any objective reason compare clinical depression I'm gonna stop there as we pay respects to all of those that have lost their lives due to depression we want to pause for just a second for those that have gone on due to this terrible condition called depression I want to thank all of you who have tuned into this podcast radio show today. And um, I'm asking you, if you're on the website, go ahead and comment. If you have uh, experienced anything near or close to what we've been looking at today, go ahead and comment. If you have a remedy that you may like to share that you have found to be worth mentioning, do that. If you need to reach out to someone, if you want to be connected with someone, I will do my damnedest to connect you with someone. If you're at that place of no return and you feel like, hey, this is it, I'm ready to check out, you know what, hold on. Let's get you connected with someone that understands you perfectly because again, your life is worth something. Thank you all for tuning in. My name is Jay Sparks. I'll see you in another episode of Talk with Sparks, considering all things. Bye for now. We appreciate you spending time with us here on our podcast show. If you want more podcast episodes, just head over to talkwithsparks.com. Take care and bye for now.